Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of The Clueless Capitalist where we discover interesting startups, interview founders and help you become less clueless with angel investing. My name is Razi. My name is Osman and together we're The Clueless Capitalists. So for today's episode, we have uh, Rubayat, who is one of the co-founders and the chief operating officer of Marco Polo. Marco Polo is a MarTech SaaS platform that can help you run and manage ads on multiple platforms like a professional marketer. So the tool uses AI to generate a copy, identify your audience for you and schedule cross-platform social media and search ad campaigns. So it sounds like um, the platform is putting out digital marketers like me uh, out of business, but it's very interesting to hear. So welcome to the show, Rubayat. Hey, really glad to be here. So before we ask you any further questions, right, I think it'd be great if you could run us through the pitch deck. So uh, over to you. Hey, everyone. So we are building an ad agency replacement SaaS for B2C or D2C businesses globally. And we have been cash flow positive since day one. We have almost doubled our customer numbers in last 30 days. And in that last 30 days, our customer growth is 167.1%. And our quarterly retention rate is 93.10%. And we, we recently launched in app Sumo. Within 30 days, we crossed $100,000 in sales from there. So the problem we are currently solving is that 80% of micro businesses waste half of their ad budget. And Mindy is one of them. Mindy is an e-commerce founder who have less than 20 employees. And uh, she usually does less than USD $20,000 uh, in monthly ad spending. Currently, she has two options. Either she do it by herself. And in that, if wrong execution is done in there, it costs hundreds of dollars, even thousands of dollars for her, which is really critical for her because of her capital crunch. Another option is to go with hundreds of hours of learning and in that option she had to invest that time out of her precious time in business management. So how, how about the market size? The market size is about 120 So the total advertising spent and customer lifetime value of these users if we count in that. And the market is growing. It's growing in a rate that in 2026, it will reach $876.1 billion market. So globally, there are more than 77 million users in B2C or D2C businesses like Mindy. What's Marco Polo? So we have built a complete paid marketing suit and it helps users like Mindy launch targeted ads like a pro marketer. And currently we are automating ads in Facebook, Instagram, Google and YouTube will be adding more platforms like TikTok, Microsoft ads within months. So how it works, Marco Polo curates the best performing audiences. So the user actually starts their journey by giving some basic information about their brands or the business that they are creating for. And uh, Marco Polo tailor made uh, according to that business description, the audience and even the uh, ads for that particular business. With that, Marco Polo actually gives a beautiful bird's eye view of their advertising data also so that he or she uh, users like Mindy doesn't miss any data from their ad campaign. And currently the pricing model starts from $23 per month and it's 
SaaS modality and it goes up to 2999 for enterprises with larger number of brands to manage with larger sum of ad spending to manage. So in 2021, our ARR was 166,000 USD. In 2022, within six months, we crossed $418,000 in ARR and currently our user base is 1,673 users strong. We are aiming for 600,000 USD in ARR to reach within September. So these are some customer loves shown to us. So we have been serving e-commerce stores, MSMEs, Shopify and Amazon based sellers. Apart from them, we are serving some agencies. Currently, if if we see the competition landscape uh, of ours in terms of self-serve performance and replacing agency needs for users like Mindy, Marco Polo is in the top quadrant. So our go-to-market strategy is currently like this. In quarter one, we reached all the our uh, OKRs in terms of go-to-market strategy. In quarter two, we have also reached that. And in quarter three and quarter four, we are aiming for more channel partnerships, PRs, and integrations with other platforms in our segment. So I'm Rubayat, I'm the co-founder and CEO. And uh, previously, I have one experience of exiting from my previous SaaS startup. Uh, it was a project management tool. And uh, I have this Bean, she's our CEO. She has earlier led the business development of a visual AI startup, Gaze. Interesting fact was, it was one of the very early startup in Bangladesh in this space. And she was one of the early employees there. She took an exit from there too, after building their, that business to around $50 million in total. And I have Kubir, who is a rockstar engineer, and he has more than five plus years of experience in NLP and DevOps. So we are looking for $1.1 million in funding. We have already closed 200,000 USD from Accelerating Asia and multiple angels. So this will, the amount will allow us to reach $2 million in ARR in the next 12 months. It's a critical, it's a critical milestone to reach because after that, we will reach a certain stage where we can have a product market fit in this way. So let's simplify marketing for Mindy. And it's like billion dollar market. We'd love to have you with us. So thank you for sharing that. I mean, that's, I think it's a very exciting uh, opportunity. One of the questions that I had in mind, you mentioned uh, Tigro, right? The uh, the project management tool that uh, you exited from. So maybe you could share with us, like, what was the origin story? Like, how did you get started with Marco Polo? What prompted it? What sparked it? And how did it bring you, Kabir, and, and Tazbeen together? Yeah, so the origin story actually started just during the pandemic. So me and Tazbeen were college friends and uh, Tazbeen was working with her SaaS startup and she used to actually uh, work with the smaller size businesses and she used to work as a growth marketer and consult those smaller size businesses. And when the COVID started, then the amount of volume of these smaller size businesses coming to her to actually get those growth marketer suggestions or related to performance marketer suggestions increased, doubled and tripled. So uh, she used to uh, give some of them to me, forward some of them towards me. And uh, while doing that, me and Tazbin, it just clicked that uh, if we can automate in this space for this particular audience segment, we can have a scalable product. We just had a theory back then. 
we didn't have that much active experience so that's why like after we actually uh, of all the creation of the theory and all we actually started working with attic agencies first with with the largest attic agencies in this space in bangladesh we went to them and we told them that we we have a very strong technical background and we have a small team but with uh, that team had like machine learning experience and ai experience uh, which we wanted to use in this space in attic space so that was in 2020 like uh, about uh, october 2020 and at that time particularly no ad advertising agencies in bangladesh had that type of stronger side in analytics or in in terms of data analytics in terms of machine learning in their team so they they actually hired us as as a service provider uh, or as a third party vendor and what we did we actually worked with them to serve their clients to serve those ad agencies clients and uh, work with their data analytics in advertising and all we used to give them like solid to do list in this space what to do in the next phases and all our first work was with bikas it it is the largest fintech company in bangladesh and bikas was struggling with some fake reviews back then and uh, because of their it, it's a competitive space in fintech and they were struggling with their like aggressive marketing against them from their competitors so what we did we actually analyzed what the strategy their competitors are working on what they can do in this space what what are the wording they can focus on and all after the whole analysis of their community and their branding and all also of their uh, competitors we actually suggested them what to do next and all and it was amazing because like that and that advertising agency actually got a early retainer from there so after that we got like some confidence in this space and we got to know the user experience of the whole like agency experience so in june 2021 we actually got to our first mvp after working with those uh, enterprise clients and all or those uh, smaller size clients even for those agencies we got to our first mvp and we launched it in product hunt because we wanted to know if this solution is actually scalable and if this solution has like uh, no geographical boundary or can have those global exposure like if people from other countries or geographic countries would accept that and uh, it it was amazing actually we got response from more than 20 countries of users and people were using our mvp giving us our feedback we didn't want to like push on the pedal of accelerator right at that moment because we wanted to have those insights from those users first and after that after getting those insights and working with those like from the mvp to our first version launched in january 2022 it leaps and bound from there and it was amazing working with those users and uh, rubaya uh, i'm not in this uh, industry and i really don't understand what the problem statement is can you just give me like a, a, a like a 30 second this is the problem and why it's important so basically that's one one cool thing is that these e-commerce founders or these b2c or d2c businesses they really have a capital crunch like right? they starts with all they have like bootstrap every almost every one of them are bootstrap so their capital crunch is really the core problem is their their capital crunch and they have to spend in advertising because without advertising they cannot like with a, in in this space organic spending or organic marketing is not something that's 
currently a valid option or valid uh, like uh, a option that they can go with currently so if they go on to advertising and they have to have that knowledge to have that profitable advertising or they can hire someone to do that and in both of the cases there are some pitfalls in there and marco polo is currently there to actually get the, give them the profitable advertising solution so that their capital is safe i mean i have another way to uh, explain it as well um if uh, rubaiyat you can <laughs> So, so the first problem statement, right, is of a business owner. So, a business owner, when you're just starting out, you have a very small ad budget, and you want to see good returns from that ad budget. So, you're gonna do like what all good entrepreneurs do. They try and do everything themselves. But the challenge is, they their core competency is not being a digital marketer or running ads. So, it's gonna involve hundreds of hours uh, of learning, and you might not get the success that you're gonna see. So, you're gonna spend three hundred dollars, five hundred dollars. per month and you're not probably going to see the results and you end up being frustrated and spending a lot of time so marco polo solves that by automating all of that helping you get the right roi from your ad efforts without having to learn all of these things by yourself the other thing that you could do as a small business owner is you could hire an agency but the agency is going to take an agency fee so if let's say you're spending $500 a month maybe the agency will say hey look i want $500 to manage your ads per month so so now you're down $1000 and maybe that ad agency because your budget is so small they are not going to be able to give enough time to that particular uh, account right and then maybe that person who's managing the account might be managing 10 20 other $500 small accounts and that's going to cause this particular business owner's results to suffer or to be impacted so the small business owner can't afford the agency But that's what Marco Polo is solving and I think the other thing that Marco Polo is solving is for the agency owner themselves there's so many small agencies out there and also considering the time that we are all in with recession a lot of companies their advertising budget is shrinking so agencies are taking on a lot more clients and when you take on more clients you're not able to give enough attention to each of these advertising accounts and when you have AI automation like Marco Polo it gives you the ability to handle many accounts at one time and still be able to get the ROI from the advertising spend so i feel marco polo is solving these two problem statements one the business owner having to do it themselves second is the agency owner having to manage a lot of advertising accounts but and at the same time being able to deliver results which is a challenge and that's why automation comes in okay if i'm to get this right remember a long time ago we had this conversation uh, i think it was the australian trade industry and uh, and i think you asked a question about your your own ad agency rasi and and the feedback that came back was it's not really an inherently scalable business because the more customers you serve the more people you need so as your uh, as your revenues increase your costs increase as well So if I'm to read this right what Marco Polo is enabling for ad agencies the ability to scale and improve their revenues and improve their margins as well so for one person they can handle much more in terms of customers is that right Definitely yeah so um it's enabling um let's say your advertising manager your performance uh, specialist they can handle a lot more uh, accounts because now they have the ai tool that is helping them optimize the ads helping them pick the right audiences and helping them monitor those ads so definitely yes you can scale now without needing more uh, performance advertising specialists you can do that with a tool like marco polo 
All right. Okay. It's great. So, of the one six seven three customers that you mentioned uh, earlier at the beginning of your deck, of the one six seven three customers, what is the makeup? How many of them are agencies? How many of them are small uh, business owners? So, currently, we have around forty percent agencies in this user segment, and the rest of the sixty percent comprises of small and medium sized businesses. We are, we are supporting some larger sized businesses too. Like one example is we are supporting our FMCG brand. That has around 256 products in their SKUs, and these 256 products have their each individual social or uh, every presence, like brand presence, and they have to like run ads for each and every individual of those brands. So currently, their account manager for him to manage all those brands, all those ad accounts, it's a nightmare for him to actually audit those also. So with Marco Polo, he can actually do that easily. Okay, I mean that's one that we uh, we missed out also. So earlier we spoke of the business owner and the agency owner. I guess the third use case is what you've just mentioned. Those are uh, big conglomerates with a lot of our uh, brands that are all also running ads. So then, in terms of the retention rate that you mentioned, right, ninety three point one percent. My assumption is maybe it's a challenge to retain the small medium business because maybe um, they might not have a fixed advertising spend per month. Am I right to say that? I would think that the agency is easier to retain. Exactly, the agencies and the even the larger size enterprises, also like the medium size enterprises, are easier to retain. The smaller or micro size enterprises, they used to like tend to like use between up between multiple products, and ultimately like we have multiple cases where the user undergo churn, then the user return back after going through another product user experience, and the user return back. So that's the case for smaller micro size enterprise. What was the monthly re- recurring revenue at this point of time? So we cross thirty five thousand USD currently in monthly recurring revenue. And what's the uh, customer acquisition cost currently? It's actually we haven't done like uh, in terms of paid marketing. We haven't started that yet because we just we started launching our product in software marketplaces currently in AppSumo and in Product and in other places where you can list our software. In terms of product marketing or in terms of paid marketing, we have built the customer persona. We have used this for build the building the customer persona. Now we'll use our software to do that actually. So the. Customer acquisition cost is currently really low. It's around nine to ten dollars per customer acquisition. It's an average in terms of like uh, tiers in terms of each tier. Yeah. So I mean, I think this this is one of Osman's uh, pet questions: is what are the metrics that matter, or the, what are the metrics that you are keeping an eye on for Marco Polo? The first metric we are focusing on the retention rate for each tiers. For each individual tiers, we are focusing on the retention rate. We are actually working with the user experience of the even the onboarding user experience with that too. For the retention rate, we are also focusing on like uh, the jump from trial to actually like the paid paid one. So there is a 14 days trial in our product. So after the 14 days trial, the user get to actually convert into a paid recurring customer. So we are focusing on that uh, the conversion rate and in the retention rate in that 14 days trial too. And another thing is that the number of campaigns the user uh, are creating. 
the number of campaigns the user creating with Marco Polo, we are focusing on that too. So it actually gives uh, uh, overall bar side view in the activation rate. So we are focusing on that. So your customer acquisition cost is nine to ten dollars per customer. Um, what's the average revenue per customer? You've got the different professional team, business enterprise. Um, on average, what are you generating per customer now? I think if we go into percentage, it makes more sense because there are multiple tiers in that even we are serving some enterprise customers in there. So the uh, customer acquisition cost is around 10 to 15%. Within that, it's the CAC is there actually, 10 to 15%. And uh, for each tier, it goes in between this average. Okay. Okay. And when you're signing these customers on, are they signing purely on a monthly basis or are they doing a full annual contract? So they are also can opt for the annual contract too. It's super easy in there. And we are also giving them like um, giving them some supplemental offering in there too for getting to those annual tractions. Yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, for me, the question was, um, what are you seeing? Are you seeing them just signing up on a monthly basis or uh, are you getting a lot of these contracts being signed on an annual basis now? So currently around 76% of them are on the monthly basis track and around 23 to 24% are on the annual tracking basis. Okay, cool. Uh, my question next one is for Razi actually. Uh, uh, Ralphie, is two stallions using Marco Polo? It's definitely something that we are going to be um, considering getting our team to at least take on the uh, the test version. In fact, I know a lot, like I was sharing with Rubayat when I met him in person, I know a lot of agency owner friends who are struggling exactly with the problem that uh, Rubayat is trying to solve. And I was telling him that I could actually connect them to all of these guys. And uh, so there are many different kinds of agencies, right? So there's agencies that do uh, creative only and their clients are, are asking them to manage ads. And to them, they're thinking, hey, look, if I start running ads, that's a way to increase my revenue and to to maybe uh, increase my margins. So they want to do this, but they have no clue. And I think Marco Polo is a great way to get them started into that um, side of the business. So to, uh, the short answer to your question is uh, we're not using it right now, but we're definitely uh, looking into uh, using automation like Marco Polo. Okay. Well, so what what would typically be holding a customer back from using Marco Polo, uh, Rebea? So currently the main focus is that, so we are handling this customer persona, the smaller size businesses or medium size businesses. So whom they have like, they have multiple platforms, like they have different platforms to run at too. And uh, for them, the user experience actually matters the most. So the, in terms of user experience, we are actually talking as much with them. So uh, I, I would say that the holding back option is the user experience. So if they understand how the software is actually helping them with the ROI and easing the whole process, then they actually, the stickiness actually goes up, up and up. But if they don't understand within like creating one campaign and all, like within, within we have estimated around seven days, then it, it gets to the churn rate and all. So that's where we are actually constantly improving it. 
I think another thing that could impact uh, a customer from actually using Marco Polo, I think um, like if you ask me, right, if as an agency or if you ask any of the people that I know own agencies, I mean, we have seen a lot of products where they do use AI and they claim they can do a lot of things. So one of the big concerns is because an agency business is essentially a relationship business. So when a customer comes to you, a client comes to you, they trust you to be able to deliver on what you have offered. So the fear as an agency owner to use Marco Polo is maybe we're not sure that whether or not the tool can deliver what it says it will deliver, right? So there's always that apprehension because we think like maybe it's better that we take that ad account and get an actual human in our team to manage ad account to optimize it and to get the result. Whereas we are fearful and we are doubtful of whether or not the tool uh, can actually deliver. So I think that's that would be something that uh, would hold back an agency owner. And perhaps uh, as you go down the road, I think Rubaiyat will probably have a lot of success stories. And I think sharing success stories from agencies around the world who have used this to delight their customers, I think would reduce their resistance for at least the agency persona from using Marco Polo. I was just uh, curious as well, you know, you're tracking the, the conversion rate. What is the conversion rate from file to paid? So currently it's around 64%. It's around that region. So from to trial to the paid subscription. Okay. And, and for the remainder that don't convert, do you get any feedback as to why they're not converting? So usually that's the, that's the one. So the first portion is that the user experience, it's too hard for them on all. Another thing is that the platform they want to run at to like TikTok isn't there currently. We are currently serving specific platforms right now. And another thing is that we, are, we have a strict roadmap that we are currently following. So they have this feature request that we can be incorporating down the line, but not instantly right now. So that's one thing that that's that's the core reason in the in that part. Okay. And Razi mentioned earlier on that you you've done your own companies before, you've had an exit. So what specifically have you learned from those before that you're bringing to Marco Polo today? So I think uh, the first thing was is that uh, in in my last company I waited for the product to build and then went for like the, those user interviews creating those like having those user interviews so it's like I built the product myself thinking about like I did some user interviews but that wasn't actually enough up like those user interviews are somehow biased too because I was asking the questions if they have these type of specific problems and all and these. So after I built the product, then I went for the beta testing and all. Then I went live and selling those, selling that product. So that part I actually learned from the last product. And in Marco Polo, we actually were uh, like the the thing is that the cash flow positive since day one. We we actually worked on those selling the product first, selling the idea first. Even in the MVP stage, we sold our uh, Notion dashboard. We created a Notion dashboard in uh, we sold the notion dashboard first so that's the thing that's the critical thing like talking with the user selling the product at the very first day all right that's good so um Rubayat, where do you hope to bring uh, marco polo or maybe what does success look like for you with this particular company 
I think in this space there are some large players too, and there are some huge merger and acquisition that's been going on in this space for quite a long time. And uh, I think the success stories in this space are more into the largest with the larger size enterprises. Like even recently, Pixis AI, uh, that's an Indian SaaS in this space, basically in our uh, space, and they were they are focused on the largest size enterprises, right? They raised around hundred million dollar, and they are they are building in this space for larger size enterprises. But for the smaller or medium size enterprises, there hasn't been that one particular standout product that has the capacity to like uh, acquire the maximum market share or acquire be the go to product in this space. So we want to be the go-to product. We want to like whenever a e-commerce founder, whenever a B2C or D2C founder starts their business, they would have like a DIY product in a product in his mind. So that would be like Marco Polo to go with to start their business and, and grow their business. Got it. And um, what do you think is holding you back from a, from realizing that dream at this point of time? So currently, like uh, we have fixated upon like how our customer persona thinks, how they are actually, how they want to shape our product and all. We have a product roadmap built on and all. So currently, like the markets that we are targeting, each and every market have us different dynamics, right? Even though like South Asia and South Asian market, we think about it as a cluster, but each and every individual country in this space has has a different dynamic in there. One country, there is TikTok is prevalent. They are more focused on TikTok and the country Twitter is more prevalent. They are more focused on in that and all. So, Currently, we are actually identifying those dynamics. So the go-to market strategy for each and individual geographical location in this space, we are actually figuring this out. So we want to create a common or generalized thing so that we can scale scale in this region. Um, so you're raising 1.1 million at the moment. You've got 200K so far committed. Um, to, just tell us what you're going to be using that money for and um, uh, and what other soft commitments have you got at the moment? From the current fundraising round, what, what we're doing is that this amount will be more focused on the growth money and in the R&D of the product. In terms of R&D, we're focusing on like the machine learning or AI improvement in this product. We want to spend in that particular portion so that the thing Raji said that constantly giving the right output or right performance to the product right uh, that we want to ensure with this R&D. Another thing is that we're in terms of growth money, uh, as we are targeting a huge cluster of demography, a huge cluster of like, if you want to target each and every cluster of that, we want to create a competent sales team in that um, for targeting those enterprise customers also. So in that particular space, we want to spend this money for this sake. And uh, in terms of commitments, Accelerating Asia led, led our uh, funding round in this round. And with that, uh, Dhawal Shah, uh, another co-founder of uh, Two Stallions, he actually come upon as an angel in this round. Another one is Kaimun Amin. He is also one of the like o- owner of largest ad tech company in Bangladesh. So he also come upon, onboarded with us as an, as an angel in this round. 
we are talking with multiple angels and multiple micro VCs who can actually like we have another 300,000 in soft commitment currently and we are trying to close this round within October so we are actually working around this okay if I was to ask a few more questions around the fundraising the your minimum ticket size is gonna be how much so currently we're accepting 25,000 US dollar in minimum ticket size and we are prioritizing people who can help us with our grow so we don't want to take idle money we want to take individuals we want to pick individuals in our team actually it's it's like onboarding in our team and yeah that that's where we are focusing and that would explain why you've got some of those people already on board um, exactly yeah okay that's good and um if I was to, um, when you do your pitch and you're talking to investors, what's the thing that really sticks in their mind? What, both in terms of why they wouldn't invest and why would they invest? What, what are the two extreme examples you've got? I think uh, the thing is that the retention rate that we got in this space is amazing. Actually, working with those smaller and medium-sized businesses or thus even uh, SaaS in our space, it's a, a great number to achieve. So that's one thing that actually sticks to their mind. And yeah. uh, uh, the most thing that we heard that the ad tech world, so we are in ad tech or martech space where some investors, they mm -hmm. don't understand like martech or ad tech, this, this segment. So what we saw actually in this segment, uh, the larger ones in this space, they tend to identify themselves as AI company or automation company, business business automation company, rather than tagging themselves as like ad tech or martech company. So we are also like uh, the branding of this segment. We are also thinking about that. Okay. All right. Um, what's the valuation that you're raising at? So currently it's $3.3 million post money valuation. And uh, I personally have seen you before, before Accelerating Asia through the, the Bangladesh Angels Network. So again, uh, just for the viewers' information, it's not just through accelerators that you can get your deal flow. You can actually get your deal flow through um, other groups of like-minded investors. And even though there's a Bangladesh Angels Network, which is a group of Bangladeshi uh, people that are living globally or in Bangladesh, they will look at opportunities coming from Bangladesh and, and look to invest. It doesn't mean that you have to be Bangladeshi to be part of that group. Uh, you can actually uh, join those groups and, um, and participate. And that's where I came across Marco Polo amongst others. And again, for me, I don't understand the market. I don't understand the industry. So that was the reason why I passed. But your numbers look fantastic. The retention rate is just phenomenal uh, for any kind of SaaS service to have that kind of... The conversion rate is really high and the retention rate is also very high, which you don't normally see. So I'm, I'm pretty impressed with that. And then you've got people um, in the industry that are actively investing. They're all telegraphing the right information to investors who are not familiar that this is a product that's got product market fit it's addressing a problem it's got the right metrics for it to be successful 
Um, so they're, they're the type of things that I would look at. Um, if I'm coming in from an area of not being familiar with the industry as well, I would reach out to those investors who have already come in from that industry to go and ask why why are you investing what makes you think that this is the next big thing and uh, and get informed on that that would be my recommendation to any viewers out there that are not in marketing that are not in this industry they they should look at the uh, um, both the, the group of investors that have come in previously and those that are already in on the current round so I'm from this space, so I understand what Marco Polo is trying to solve. And I can see um, that this is an idea that is going to have a lot of legs. So since you're not from the space, is there any question that you could you'd think would be helpful for the other angels who are not from marketing or not from advertising to help them understand this? Yeah, inherently, I just don't understand the space. So when people are saying, oh, I, I don't know how to scale these adverts, you know, so what? I, I don't get it, right? Um, yeah, I see adverts coming up on, I, I use Reddit as my primary social media. I don't really use Facebook and, uh, and I occasionally use Instagram. So for me, I don't understand the problem. What is the AI component actually doing? You know, and, and for me, that that's a bit that I really don't get. I understand people saying, oh, this is a real problem. I, I just don't get it. For me, it's like you, you go onto Instagram and say, I want to place a few ads. And uh, you go onto Facebook, yeah, I want to place a few ads. What's so hard about it? What, what's become the problem, right? Um, that inherently is my issue. I have no background in, in this. I don't understand what the need is. Um, and I think if you've got not even a marketing background, but if you if you know where you're meant to advertise, then yeah, just approach them and, and place the advert. What am I missing? So basically, Facebook or Google or these type of conglomerates, the main business model of them is, is in that advertising spend money, right? They are earning from that advertising spending money. So the thing is that preherently or currently they are all the algorithms set in their AI or in their system actually focus on getting the maximum amount of money from your advertising spending, right? And without any observation in that particular like campaign that you are running or ad you are running, then it may actually run like uh, suppose you are targeting a, a, a specific product to a specific people, but the ad is running for another set of people. So actually you are wasting that money if or in another type of people. So uh, an example can be you are, you are actually selling, uh, suppose a shoe, right? You are selling sneakers for users who would be interested in sneakers, right? But uh, if, you, if you are not actually uh, that much used to with running ads or you don't have any experience with running ads, if you target like everyone in in that as an audience then you are like if you have like suppose hundred dollars you are spending in it one million people and in that one million people only ten thousand people would be the one who would have bought your sneakers right so basically you have hundred dollar and you are actually squashing it around like uh, to all those one million people and ultimately out of those ten thousand people who would have bought your sticker only 100 people are seeing your ads 
so basically you are you are losing money in that segment so what the software does what ai does or machine learning does in this space it it actually segments the audience like it understand like this 1 million out of this 1 million people these 10000 would be the one who you'd be targeting to and it runs that to the to that 10000 people so your 100 is well spent for that particular type of audience so that's one example for machine learning algorithms in this space okay so so let let me just take this to the the dumb question that i would have right Google ads are really good at what they do. I think Facebook ads also very good at what they do. If you if you listen to Mark Zuckerberg, that's what they do. They're not yeah. really a social media platform, they're an advertising platform. Yeah. So, if I if I've got those sneakers that I expect uh to sell, shouldn't Facebook be so good at this that instead of just like blasting a million people it says that this is an advert for a sneaker based on the demographic information and the detailed information i have about my user base i will if you pay me custom mr customer for for the adverts i will get your advert out to the people who are likely to buy sneakers right so by paying facebook or paying google I should expect them to get my advert to that not just blast a million people. Um it, am I missing something here from from that because uh, again that's re- I've been told that they're great they're fantastic advertising platforms they they're good at what they do but now I'm hearing from you that that's not what they're doing that's not what they're good at and this is where you're adding value. I'm confused. so they're great when you identify your ideal customer persona or whom you are targeting right you have to like let the software know whom you are targeting so preemptively the core algorithm of facebook ad would be to like get the user to spend more money in advertising spend so if you spend 100 dollar in with for 1 million users the facebook would say you that you'd need to spend more in this space to actually get those conversion rate up and right so you'd have to spend like suppose you you are spending another 200 dollars to that uh, to that whole uh, audience segment then another 200 dollar to have that whole so you are basically targeting out of that 1 million that 1000 that 1000 and getting those conversion at all. so in this space what performance marketer does is like one thing is that isolating the customer persona so not everyone would be your customer one would be your customer so isolating your customer person another thing is that like how to target them in the most efficient way right your customers are not active 24 hours they're active suppose uh, 6 hours or 4 hours daily so the software understand when should the ad should run and it it shouldn't run 24 hours it should run 4 hours so that automatically makes your ads efficient of that 16 hours of ad spending right so there are more and more tricks in there more and more algorithms in there that actually adds on the efficiency part so for for these type of smaller size business or medium size businesses that number that like 30 to 40% efficiency in their budget spending that actually matters right that actually makes the do or die situation 
you know also just to add to that if you're speaking about your shoes example right um when you go to facebook or when you go to instagram how many ads do you possibly see i mean facebook doesn't want to flood your news feed with just ads right so you have to be very mindful to mix it up to something that's very very relevant to you and you must realize that there are you're not the only shoe company there are hundreds of shoe companies out there that are possibly trying to target the exact same persona as you so when you think about an ad right it's not is of course you have to figure out who's your audience persona secondly you need to figure out like what is the ad copy right what is right. the ad copy that's going to be compelling to that particular persona what is the visual what is the image is going to capture their attention right okay. so the ai what it will be doing is is going to be looking at what uh, copy is compelling you know it's going to be able to automatically see which uh, which copy is converting the best and maybe putting in more ad budgets there and all of these things would be done in real time right so is optimizing the ad and serving the right person so even if you are limited budget you can potentially get better results what happens with um, working with an agency depending on the size of the budget that you have the agency person is managing multiple accounts at one time they are not going to be able to update or optimize your ads in real time some might do it on a weekly basis depending on how much the budget is some might even do it on a bi-weekly basis so they'll look at the performance for the entire week and they'll say hey look this particular ads did better maybe i need to uh, i mean using that end of the week or the bi-week thing then they make the optimizations you've already lost quite a fair bit of money along the way so that's why ai can do things in real time and automate and of course google is building in some of these or has already built in some of these uh, into the uh, Google Ads manager some of these AI and this uh, uh, predictive things but i think there's a long way to go because like what rubaiyad is saying uh, in a way they optimize for your advertising spend not so much uh, for making sure that you get uh, the fantastic results that you assume i may give you another example of a company that might need this right so we are working with uh, an aesthetic clinic the aesthetic clinic only has one person in their marketing team and you know aesthetic clinics they have multiple services you no know, facelift botox you know facials and weight loss they have a host of services now imagine right each of these services needs uh, customer targeting it needs ad copy it needs visuals it needs a budget allocation so let's say he has 10 services and he has a budget of say 10000 and he equally allocates 1000 to each of these services he definitely is not going to be able to optimize the budget in real time maybe at this period of time a lot of people are looking for weight loss uh, maybe it have been better instead of putting all the money to just a thousand dollars a weight loss you could have allocated more budget so the point here is one marketing manager an entire aesthetics clinic company host of ad copy to create to optimize is not possible for him to do it on his own and uh, as great as the platforms like facebook and google are he's 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 only human right he's not going to be able to optimize ads at scale allocate budget at scale and that too in real time something only ai can do okay there there are tools i've seen tools that have been positioned to me as well in my previous roles in other companies where uh, they use ai um but they use it on location based data and also other demographic information that they pull so the 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 biggest example that i saw from from these guys which was really quite compelling was i'm a car company and i want to sell more cars I'm a German car company and I want to sell more cars in in Japan right 
And the way they were using this particular tool was that they were pulling the location-based data out from people who had their mobile phones. And they, you know, some of these apps that you download, they have an advertisement uh, component in there. And that's always tracking where you are and what you're doing. And what they were doing from that they were using the AI to identify the type of person based on where they were going. So if that person showed up in a school and then showed up in in an office environment, you would know that this person is a, a family person with children and is employed, right? And then when you start to see that person showing up in a location for a Toyota showroom, you suddenly know that this person's looking at cars and therefore, rather than just let them go to the Toyota showroom, I'm going to start pushing my adverts out to them for the German automobile brand. Um, because you, now you're focusing, you're targeting the advert to a person in that demographic that's likely to spend, likely to spend because they're already going to have a look at vehicles from a competitor. So there, there are people out there that are doing this. And, and again, my question is, is what, what makes Marco Polo stand out from some of these established, well-capitalized companies that are doing this? I think uh, the core thing is that in the whole industry, the example that you have given, so that's where like they are using, utilizing the third-party data. So that's the third-party data, the data that you don't own, right? the data that you don't own you are actually buying these from like data providers and all so with like every privacy policy that's been uh, added upon within these two three years also like google's uh, google will also close the third party data within two years so with all those shift in third party data segment each of the like even the well capitalized company they have to focus on fast party database segment why I'm saying that because like without utilizing your own data, like fast party data is your own data, your website, pixel data, uh, the interaction that the user having with your page or page post or page ads or everything that the data that you own. If you if the platform's architecture is not built to utilize this type of data, then they won't be re relatable in the coming years, in the coming in the coming decade so that's where like i think a software like marco polo comes in because we have like the whole architecture of marco polo we have focused on utilizing or building it from the scratch with this fast party data focusing on this fast party data even using your crm data so that's where like uh, we'll be focusing on another thing is that to be relevant and to be unique in this space we are focusing on like using your input data like using your brand description or business description or your first party data to create uh, like marketing intelligence or create a marketing list that would help you with prescriptive marketing and that would help you with like what to do next you are in this stage what what you can do next to actually have those metrics to me so we'll be focusing on that yeah and also to add to that example about the, the car showroom, uh, one that you were speaking about, Osman, like the guy went to the school, then went to the showroom. That's helping, I guess, with the targeting and clearly defining that that person is in the market. He's the right, he's the right person and he's also in the market or he has the intent to purchase a car. 
But then yeah. when, the, when the ad agency comes in, the ad agency still needs to think about what is the right copy to entice him, what is the right visual, uh, what is the right call to action, when should we serve it. And you know, you create multiple versions of the ad, you serve it to similar person like that individual that you identified and you see which one works best and you optimize it to get more of these individuals who are being targeted so well by the tool that you're seeing. Uh, being targeted so well, but how do we create the ad, the visual, the call to action that, that gets them to take the action? And that's where you need um, an agency. And then that's where or you need a tool like Marco Polo, where you can actually do this at scale because you have automation. Right? Yeah, exactly. We recently launched 32 different languages in there. So you can generate these ad copies in 32 languages, 32 major languages in world. Wow. You know, one thing that angels uh, or anybody who's going to invest uh, likes to know is what is the potential exit? What is the multiple or what is the exit strategy for them? So maybe uh, Rubaiyat, you could share a little about what could be the potential exit. So in this space, so the larger players tend to like more go into acquisition, like Foodsuit has acquired AdExpress or in the past, and this type of larger players, they tend to go with more into this acquisition spree after they like raised a huge round in that. We were recently approached by Pixis actually uh, for like partnership approach and uh, Pixis is one of the largest in this space in South Asia. So they are more focused on large, large enterprises uh, in this segment. So we are focused on small and medium-sized segment. So because our architecture is solely focused on this segment, they approach us like they want to explode this segment by partnering up with us or by uh, like going up with us in any way possible. So that's something like we, we also see like not, not right now, but in future also like acquisition can be one thing in terms of going with the exit strategy. Another thing is that we do have like uh, for every startups, there is this plan of going to going forward to IPO and all. But the thing is that if we scale a sufficient amount in this space, we can surely go with the acquisition strategy in this space. So that's that's the plan. Uh, earlier you mentioned uh, Hootsuite acquisition of Adpresso. Um, what was the acquisition amount for? Uh, I think it wasn't disclosed, so uh, it was around $100 million range, so in the, in that particular space, yeah. So if you're looking at potential acquisition in the, in the range of a $100 million, um, it's a significant jump in valuation, and uh, this is the main reason why angel investors are doing this, rather than putting it into, a, you know, a, a mutual fund or a or putting it onto the stock market because this is the opportunity for them to get a 10, 20, 30x return on their investment in a period of time. And uh, yeah, the question would be is normally angel investors are looking at, a, you know, a typical turnaround of anywhere between five to 10 years. 10 years is more reasonable as an expectation, but in, in your view, what does the market look like in in this particular um, marketing tech space where acquisitions happen? How quickly do they happen? How often do they happen? And what's the likelihood uh, of this occurring? 
So Ad Expresso actually sold them uh, uh, or acquired, got acquired within three years, I think. Yeah, and uh, like in this space, like if if you if you have that value proposition in your product, you can actually go up to uh, go up gain getting acquired within that that particular timeline, like around three to four years timeline, you can get that. And uh, I think like to get to that valuation, like in the last round, we had our valuation of around eight hundred and fifty thousand USD. So we almost uh, uh, we got that to around five times currently. So within like within a space of six months, right? So that's the segment like we we are focusing on like to adding value to increasing the businesses uh, metrics in in that particular portion so that we can actually gradually add value or exponentially add value in this. Okay. Rubaid, what is your team size and uh, what is the current burn rate? So currently we have 19 members and the current burn rate is around $15,000 in terms of salary and all. And in terms of operations and all, if we add that, it goes up to $24,000. $24,000, okay. And um, in terms of the 1637 customers, right, uh, I know you mentioned that 40% are agencies, 60% are SME plus uh, large enterprises. Are you seeing any particular geographic sort of concentration like are they in a particular region or are they like all over the world most of the customers that we're getting from currently are from usa india and indonesia so these three regions are the most like uh, are the most active ones that we are seeing we we do have uh, like customers from around 57 countries currently but that actually goes up to around 60% of the whole audience. Those three were how many percent of the whole audience? Around 60%. Thank you, Rubayat, for sharing about Marco Polo with us. Um, so everyone in the audience, you've heard about Marco Polo, a very interesting and a very exciting MarTech uh, SaaS platform that helps you run and manage ads like a professional marketer. And we've seen his very impressive numbers on his retention rate, uh, his customer acquisition, and how um, they did really well with the AppSumo launch. So it's definitely an exciting um, startup to be part of. And if you want to invest or if you have further questions, we will leave uh, Rubaiyad's contact details in the description. And if you like this episode, please remember to like, share, and subscribe to our channel. And for future founders, if there are any questions that you'd like us to ask the future founders that we're going to interview, please leave them in the comments as well. So thank you, and we'll see you on a future episode.